Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject is all the way live. I am Jarrett Hill. Ali Johnson is somewhere in Asia, somewhere between India and or Nepal right now. And uh, joining me, a uh, newcomer to the show. I don't know if you guys are familiar at all with this voice, um, but uh, entertainment journalist Shar Jossel is joining us. Welcome for the first time ever. Yes, thank you for having me. <laughs> Uh, so happy to have you back. Uh, Good morning. Your, today's your last day uh, with us this week. and um, Possibly a, this year. We, possibly. I saw you tweeting that. I was like, what is that even? Like, you don't know. Because you just never know. There's more weeks of the holidays left. Who's going to see? But uh, yes, it's been great to have you here. And uh, we've got a jam-packed show. We've got multiple guests coming in today talking oh about my various goodness. different stories. Yes. It's, a, it's, a, it's a really packed show. So we got to jump into it. Last night... I went to uh, a friend's house who uh, it's it's FYC season here, which means for your consideration, mm-hmm. which means uh, everyone has DVDs of every movie like sitting on their on their coffee table or whatever. And last which night, which I'm jealous about, because if anyone has a screening for the um, for what's the Jennifer Aniston Reese Witherspoon Hush show? Oh, oh, wait. On Jennifer. Apple TV. Oh, uh, morning show. The mor- Yes. I know that there's screeners floating around with. Uh, you with haven't that. seen it yet? No, but I've heard mixed reviews. We'll I didn't ahead. love it. I didn't love it. I heard, I, I watched I heard. the first episode and then I started the second one and I was like, I don't care about this. I heard that you have to get to like episode four, which See, is always struggle TV. For whenever me. someone says that, I'm like, so it's not a good show Basically. is what I'm hearing. <laughs> um, so well, what uh, did you screen? I, last night we screened Just Mercy. It's the new film from Michael B. Jordan and Jamie Foxx. Uh, it's a true story um, that's based in Alabama where Michael B. Jordan plays uh, a man who's a lawyer who comes to uh, Alabama to uh, work for the Equal Justice Initiative. And uh, basically, it's an organization that focuses on helping people in prison who are wrongly accused or helping them or helping people who are in prison to have like legal um, legal aid and things like that. So he plays the attorney uh, and it was interesting because it's a true story and I watched the film and I'm actually hosting a screening of it in like two weeks and I was really curious to see how everyone in the room was feeling about the movie because it's another story of like the system not treating black people well and yeah. that kind of thing. So that's that's kind of grating. Um, but it was also inspiring because, you know, I mean, it's a true story, so I'm not giving anything away, but... It's a it's a very difficult story to to watch, but it's also a really important story for people to see. So I was really happy to get to see the film, and uh, like I said, in, in a couple of weeks, um, we might have someone on um, if we can uh, from the film to be able to talk about it. But that was my night last night. It was also a little awkward because I met someone on Tinder. Mm-hmm. We have a mutual oh. friend. The mutual friend is who had the party last night, and I didn't realize that person that I met on Tinder was going to be at oh the screening goodness. last night. Oh my goodness! Yeah, and Have I mean, you all met in person already? No. Oh my gosh! And like, and when I say like we were screening this at his house, there were literally like seven people there. It wasn't oh like a big thing. Oh my gosh, Jared! So it was a little weird it was a weird way to meet someone for the first time because you can't like have an in-depth conversation with them but like but you can survey the premises you can see how they walk how they talk yeah how they get down but like well, but it was like everyone's sitting on a couch you know what i mean yeah um isis said to tell you hello uh she was there king yes she was there and like said to tell you hello she was like oh i've been listening to Shar on your show like so oh that's um, my boo that's one of my best girlfriends out here yeah and so it was it was just interesting for that to happen that way because I was like what it well because I thought multiple things could happen right either 
I will meet him and we'll like each other, but then there's other people there and yeah. you can't like engage. You can't really, yeah. Or you, you can't really even gauge the the likerization of it, it all. Exactly that. Yeah. Likerization is exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> um, but then there's also like the awkwardness of like, what if you meet and you don't like the person? Right. Or what if you get there and you like someone else at the party? Like there's all yeah. these different variables that I was thinking like, maybe I shouldn't even go to this. When things like that happen, I have a friend, uh, shout out to Kaylin, we look up and we say, God, who wrote today's episode? My God, because yes. <laughs> each each day feels like a, a different episode of the se- of, of the season, at least. Absolutely. So it was it was a weird environment in which to meet someone for the first time, but we had a really good time. All of us uh, enjoyed the movie, and like you know, it's LA, so everyone was super critical and like, well, you know, I was really questioning this. Everybody, this. you know, this is the land of contrarianism. I was going to say, everyone in LA is a critic, so um, as I said, we have an enormous show today. We have so much going on. We're going to be talking to you about all the awards noms, because we haven't talked about any of that. The Golden no. Globes and the SAG after um, the SAG Awards came out. Um, we'll talk about that. The Inspector General is testifying uh, in front of the Senate even right now um, about the report that came out over the Russia investigation. It's kind of ridiculous. We're not going to spend much time on it, but I think you should know about it. Plus, why are over 70% of Americans wanting to be gifted food this holiday season? Char's got that story. Plus, we're talking about Jordan Woods with Denver Sean from lovebscott.com. We're talking with Michael Chen, uh, an executive from Lifetime. We've been telling you that we're going to talk about these Christmas movies and why they're such a big deal. He's going to be joining us in the one o'clock hour. And then Dr. uh, or excuse me, Professor Donnell Hunt from UCLA is going to be here talking to us about why students are suing over SAT and ACTs uh, being used for college admissions. There's so much going on. Drop the subject is going to come right back in just a few minutes. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. The subject, the new channel Q. Well, Char, we are basically getting into the full swing of award season. Yeah. Um, which is always interesting in LA because there's like party after party after party mm-hmm. after party after party, screening after screening after screening after screening, and then award show after award show after award show. Um, we were talking yesterday about how award shows, for anyone that's listening anywhere in the country that's not in LA, if you think award shows are great, you are getting the better deal at home. Like, it's they always really better are. to watch at they home. They are. I've been to a few out here, including the VMAs and People's Choice and things like that. Yeah. And they're always literally, like, ten times better. It's only really fun for, home. like, the first ten minutes. Yeah. And you're like, oh, how great is this? And then, like, when you go to the first commercial break, you're like, yeah, it's oh, just this awful. is kind of boring. The and performances, the- sometimes it's cool. Like, oh, my God, Sierra did such a great do- job. It's nice seeing her yeah. so, so up close and personal. But... The camera just captures, like, they know, like, the blocking and the staging. Exactly. They like, can the see the angles. faces and all that kind of stuff. It's better. Well, the Golden Globe nominations came out earlier this week. And then this morning, the SAG, the SAG Award uh, nominations came out. And, and Critics' Choice. And they, Critics' Choice came out, I think, on Monday as well. Yes. Um, and so there are a lot of folks who've been seemingly snubbed out of these awards. Or that's how they... I always feel weird about the word snub because it seems like it's a thumbing of the nose at someone if they're not included. But also, I think people have to recognize in 2018, there were 495 original television shows. Wow. uh, Original scripted shows. Um, And so that doesn't even count reality shows and and, and unscripted things. But like, I think when someone isn't nominated, 
you have to consider how many shows there are now and how many nominations there are, right? right Usually it, there's five, between five and ten. And I think it also goes hand in hand with critical acclaim and buzz, but people, yeah. including myself, like award season used to be my favorite out here. I mean, I still watch and enjoy from time to time, but when you really, really look at, when you zoom out and look at how political these things are, yeah. like it's just... It's not about how good something was, it's exactly, not about the merit the critical of something. acclaim, yeah. the think pieces, the write-ups, the right. cast, the performance a lot of this stuff is well, political I think that's true even more now because there are so many shows there's no way to see everything I yeah. used to as a as a journalist I used to feel a little um a bit of guilt that I wasn't able to watch all the shows that were out and Same. then I remember Me hearing the morning show I remember thinking there were like <laughs> 390 something shows in a year I think that was like maybe 2016 and I remember thinking like oh there are more TV shows on the air than there are days of the year and then on top of and that and that made me not feel guilty about on it on top of that in this day and age listen I'm just not subscribing to everybody's streaming, streaming service, service. Yeah. I'm not getting NBC's Peacock I'm not like there's there's so many different like BET Plus and things like, yeah. like I, I'm sorry girls there's I'm gonna a lot. have to there's just lot. take your word for it. Okay, so who were the big the the big nominees, I guess? Who who walked away with the most nominations when it, when we're talking about SAG? Like who did really well and then who seemingly, you know, kinda got snubbed? Well, with SAG, because I was do- all up in the Golden Globes, but Well, we Sa- can do we can do Golden Globes as well. Okay. Well, Golden Globes for me, it, it just was uh there's been a lot of controversy because a lot of people of color and women were shut out. Mm-hmm. There's been no female director uh that was nominated. And Greta Gerwig is someone who's been shut out twice now. She Everybody predicted that she was going to be nominated for Little Women. Um, two years ago, she failed to pick up a nomination for... Everybody thought she was going to be nominated for uh, Lady Bird. And so, like, there's just been a lot of conversation, especially as it pertains to people of color. Like, Zendaya, people feel was snubbed. If you watch Euphoria, then you know Zendaya deserved a nomination. I, I'm kind of taken aback that When They See Us didn't get any Golden Globe nominations. Nominations. It was one of the most excellent things that came out over the last year. But I've noticed people having more conversation like, oh, we're going to be watching or paying attention to the Critics' Choice Awards because a lot of people just feel like they've been a bit more fair and their nominations have made more sense. When you the say Golden, fair, what do you mean? Because the Golden Globes still appears very gatekeepy. Mm. And so, uh, you know, even though we're being progressive and 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 eliminating binary uh, categories, you know, now it's just like best actor instead of best actress and best actor in a lot of these award shows. Mm-hmm. Some people are still calling for us to have binary categories because they feel like it'll just be like four men and one woman, like that one little like token type thing mm-hmm. instead of giving a woman a fair chance, you know, at winning an award as well. What do you so, think about that? I I agree with I, I have no issue with having binary award categories, but it gets sticky when people who are non-binary where where would they fit in? That? So that's the question that I have because I remember MTV uh, they degendered I guess their awards Moon probably person. three years ago. Um, well, with no 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 even with their their categories they took a while male and female and they just said best actor yeah best, you know and those kinds of things and I think that's great I think that's uh, a pretty the good, Grammys did the too. Grammys have done it um, Emmys like Grammys don't forget the Grammys. Um, so I think that's a good thing. I'm I'm more concerned about how how we're looking at things as snubbed um, because a 
we know that the academies that are voting on these are not as inclusive or diverse. And Especially I think that's going to continue. the Hollywood foreign press for oh, the Golden absolutely. Globes. And you know a lot of that stuff goes hand in hand with who's throwing parties and throwing concerts exactly. and giving you gift bags and right, right. all of that stuff. All right, we got to take a quick break. When we come back, the Inspector General's report is being uh, testified about in front of the Senate right now. And uh, it's a little bit of an S show. We'll get, we got that coming up next. An S show. <laughs> Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. I'm Jarrett. Allie is out. Shar is in. And uh, we are getting ready to get into a conversation about the Inspector General. So I told you guys earlier this week, the Inspector General uh, is kind of a, a watchdog within the Department of Justice and uh, generally is focused on... They did a report that was focused on the... Russia investigation. They were investigating the investigation. And today he (laughs) is uh, speaking in front of the Senate. And I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this because I think it's a little bit ridiculous. Um, But I do think it's important that people know that it's happening. So this morning, uh, the Senate hearing that happened, I I think it's important for people to also know, like, this is not attached to the impeachment investigation. It's another hearing that we're having, but it's not attached to impeachment. Um, And... I was watching this morning. I saw Lindsey Graham, who was the the chairman of the committee, and he was doing this long rant. Like, Lindsey Graham has... Many people have been talking about how Lindsey Graham's kind of, like, sold his soul to Donald Trump or, Absolutely. or the devil. Um, and Howard Stern asked uh, Hillary Clinton about, like, whether or not Lindsey Graham... I still have not gotten around to watching that interview. Is it so, on YouTube? Yeah, they've actually posted the entire interview on YouTube. Like, oh, whole yeah. two and a half hours. It's really good. It's in five parts. I'll be doing that tonight. It's really good. Um, but Lindsey Graham gets up there, and he... For the reports have come out saying like there was no there was there was no uh, malintent or or malicious intent with the investigation, but simply saying like we need to look at some of our processes uh, when it comes to FISA warrants and all that. For that to have been the the finding of the report, you would have thought with J- Lindsey Graham's testimony this morning that or his opening statement in the testimony that the whole report says that all of the DOJ was conspiring against Donald Trump you mm-hmm. would have thought that you know it was some scathing report he's reading text messages from Peter Strzok and all these other people and Lisa Page and it was infuriating enough to me that I turned it off. Um, and then Diane Feinstein, who is our California um, Senate senator, um, she's also uh, the ranking member on the, the the committee. Listening to then her come up and talk, and then the Inspector General comes up and speaks as well. So again, the finding said that the the investigation was above board; that it was not you know some kind of malicious thing. However, it did say that we have some issues that we need to work on. Um, and this is where the inspector general um, kind of was able to touch on on the things that we need to try and fix within the DOJ. We are we found, and as we outline here, are deeply concerned that so many basic and fundamental errors were made by three separate handpicked investigative teams on one of the most sensitive FBI investigations after the matter had been briefed to the highest levels within the FBI, even though the information sought through the use of FISA authority related so closely to an ongoing presidential campaign, and even though those involved with the investigation knew that their actions would likely be subjected to close scrutiny. I, so I'm, I find it interesting that 
that the focus was so heavy on. I mean, this is the Republicans, right? They're trying to defend right. Donald Trump, um, but they they put a lot of focus on how other things that were not in the report or the report was not about um, into their opening statements. And I, I'm curious how that's going to uh, turn out for Republicans that are watching this. They're going to feel emboldened and empowered and feel like the Russian investigation was a hoax. Um, it's it's more of continuing. They were going to do that anyway, exactly. So um, I think it's just like I said, it's important that people know that this is happening, but it's also kind of mind-numbing. As I was saying yesterday, there's so much hearing, there's so much uh, testimony, there's so many committees, there's so much stuff going on, Mm -hmm. and I think it's important for people to know, A, this is not attached to impeachment, this isn't attached to the Which is wild to think about, like, how many balls do we have to have in the air juggling when it comes to this man and his administration and all of the the corruption? Yeah, I mean, there's so many different investigations. I always like to remind people, there are, we we only really talk about one whistleblower, and this is the whistleblower with the Ukraine call. Yeah. But I believe there are at least three different whistleblower yeah. situations that have been going on. One that one of the other ones is about taxes and the IRS and mm-hmm. the way that they've been handling all of that. Uh, it's a it's a really, really frustrating uh, state of affairs. Um, but we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we've got to get into uh, a whole lot more about the um, the Jordan Woods thing that's going to be coming up a little bit later. We've got things coming up. We're going to update you on the Jersey City shooting. We've got a whole lot of things going on. Um, we're going to be coming right back. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Drop the Subject with Jared and Allie with special guest host, Shar Dressel. Don't go anywhere. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. I'm Jared. Shar is over there. And we're talking about holiday gifts because, you know, it's that time of year. Everyone's thinking about what to get for people. But there's a study out that kind of has a surprising answer to what people want. I always say, like, I love a gift card. And they say, if you if you want to give something that you'd want to get, I'm like, you guys say that you're not supposed to give gift cards to people. Because it doesn't appear sincere or it genuine. It doesn't it could have a personal any. connection kind but of I, thing. I prefer a gift card than you getting me something I don't want. Exactly. But yeah. apparently 70% of people want one specific thing. Yes. So if you're having trouble finding that perfect holiday gift, the answer might be in your kitchen. Now, <laughs> a survey conducted by one poll, I should preface this by saying that the survey was conducted by uh, this place named One Poll, but it's on behalf of the company Omaha Steaks, so that oh, might go hand in hand with the food. a little bit of bias here. Okay. Uh-huh. But uh, the new survey uh, 2,000 Americans found that the overwhelming majority, like you mentioned, 73% would rather receive a gift of food over some type of object this year. Hmm. Now, grabbing something from the store isn't just cutting it anymore when it comes to holiday gifts. So according to the results, 7 in 10 respondents said they're much more likely to be touched by some type of food or gift. Now, while eating the gift is always enjoyable, spending time with the people that you that you love and that emerged with the gift, of course, makes the most sense. Also, according to this study, if you give someone food, it's typically food that they're not likely to buy for themselves. So people mm. that can, that participated in this study, they the food that they want is like, oh, like, let's say you've never had sushi or like shout out to Ryan, the sleigh god. He had never had crab legs. Yeah. So <laughs> you buy him crab legs and teach them how to eat them. Yeah. Those are the gifts that they appreciate, not just like your regular degular macaroni and cheese. Because, well, listen, you can always give me macaroni and cheese if it's good. But I was I, about but, to say people cut up with 
with their macaroni yes, and cheese recipes. They're, but they're, I think something like that's nostalgic or that has something learning or something that's rare about the food, I think it's also what makes it a little bit more interesting or makes it uh, you know, more of a, an exciting kind of gift or something that you wouldn't just go get for yourself. Like, I don't need you to go buy me a box of grits. I actually, when I was thinking about this, I don't think I'd want food as a gift, but what I would not mind is if you gave me, speaking of gift cards, if you give me like a gift card to a restaurant that I've never been to. Mm. That's something I can appreciate. If you give me a $200 gift card to like a Mr. Chow's or something or an Ocean Prime, like, let's let's do that. I like that. I think that's a good idea. Rather than you cook me something or swing by Ralph's and pick up something. <laughs> swing by Ralph's. Uh, I mean, you just... <laughs> yeah. I feel like my parents, uh, for my birthday, they got me like this, this specific wine that they had introduced me to that I really liked but couldn't Ooh. find. And they sent me like three... It's Mind you, I'm the only person I know that likes it. It's like a chocolate wine. Of course you would of, like it. First of all, I don't appreciate your tone. Of okay, course. I feel attacked. But so it's like, Jared. But it's like creamy and chocolatey and delicious, but it's also wine. But I couldn't find it anywhere. And they sent me like a box of like three different ones for my birthday one year. But, and I was so happy about that. So you like wine like that? No, I don't. That's the whole point. Okay, because like, I was about person. to say, I sent you a McCormick recipe for the hot chocolate, the, yeah. the Crock-Pot hot chocolate that had wine in it. Right. And you didn't seem too impressed by it. So wouldn't you just describe to me that no, wine? No, no, I would love that. Okay. I would love that. Yeah, I. but I'm not like a big wine person. It's just like... What? It, yeah, I'm not. And I keep saying like, I want to go on wine tastings because I want to be more of a wine Malibu person. Malibu Wine Safari for your birthday this year. Do it. You said that to me before and I actually it's think a that's a really good idea. Do it. And it's fun. I did it, it this past June. It's very fun. They have small bites along the way and you sample How many tons of different wines. As many as you want. You just have to reserve in enough time. Okay, I've got until April, so we'll see. Yeah. Maybe that'll happen. Send out the invite in March. All right, we'll take a quick break. More Drop the Subject is coming up right after this. Don't go anywhere. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. Jarrett and Allie. Allie is out, and uh, she's traipsing through India at an Indian wedding, going around and doing probably some kind of meditation, doing something with the stars and the moon. Love to see it. <laughs> Char Jossel joins us in studio uh, for one more day. Um, I wanted to get into some of the, the bigger news stories that have just happened over the last couple of days. There have been so many shootings. I believe three weeks we had... Last week, we had three different shootings yep. um, over the course of the week, and uh, this week started out no differently. Uh, yesterday, we had a story um, coming from NBC News, by the way. This is uh, one of the two suspects targeted uh, a kosher grocery store in New Jersey. We told you about the Jersey City shooting that was happening. Um, three people were killed, um, and there was a social media page containing anti-Jewish and anti-police writings um, attached to this person who uh, did the shooting. Mm, they mm, they mm. believe that he targeted this kosher grocery store. They're still kind of investigating whether or not um, we can necessarily call it uh, anti-Semitic, but here's what they had to say about it. Across the street here, the motives are still part of the investigation. I said this location, they exited the van, and they proceeded to attack this location in a targeted manner. Anything else is open for investigation. So they're basically still trying to figure out whether or not this was a, an anti-Semitic act, but it certainly which seems always, that way. I was about to say, which always gets on my nerves because it's like the writing is so clearly on the wall. Well, but you also don't want, them it, to, you don't want them to jump to the wrong conclusion. Yes, I understand. And hurt yes. people and all that kind of stuff and then have to come back and say they were wrong. Yes. Um, I was just talking about having seen Just Mercy yesterday and it's like, 
yeah, y'all sometimes jump to the conclusion and then you find out that later on that you were wrong. Yeah. But um, there definitely seems to be a lot of indicators that um, that is the case. They say four law enforcement sources familiar with the case identified um, the suspect as David Anderson and Francine Graham, uh, two shooters. Um, they say, according to three sources, Anderson was a one-time follower of the Black Hebrew Israelite movement whose members um, believe they are descendants of the anti of the ancient Israelites and his social media pages include anti-police and anti-Jewish writings. Investigators are looking to see if if uh, Anderson himself um, was the one who posted I, those materials. I always see the, the the black Israelites, as they call themselves, they're always downtown. Because I always mistake them for Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated. Wow. They're typically in purple. Wow. They're typically loud. And then when I see that they have pamphlets and things in their hands, I'm like, oh, wow. these aren't the cues. Omega Sci-Fi? I'm going to call the my good brother. Bras. <laughs> Apparently not the good bras, if you think no, it. No, I'm, I'm shouting out the good bras. All right. And then you had a story for us as well. <laughs> so, yeah, going hand in hand with this, there's this man from San Diego. He's 30 years old. But if you were to just look at his mugshot, you know, I don't, I'm not one to attack looks. But my God, he looks much older than 30. But that's Yikes. not the story. His okay. name is Steve Andrew Homoki. And he was arrested because he was uh, uploading videos to YouTube in which he was he appeared to be practicing a mass shooting, po- pointing unloaded weapons at unsuspecting pedestrians from a hotel window, according to a new report. <laughs> this is this drives me nuts, especially considering all that's been going on. What happened in Vegas two years Absolutely. ago? Like, are you kidding me? Now, both videos on his YouTube, he went under the alias. Keep in mind, this man's name is Stephen Andrew Homoki. But his YouTube was under the alias Steven Anderson. And in in September, he apparently had taken, he went to the Sophia Hotel in downtown San Diego. And he just literally, these clips are named like consensus. So they were like buried in the YouTube algorithm. There was no like red flag, mm. like weird title, some, you know, anything to right. tip anyone off. But the fact that this is just... Like, where in your mind do you think this is a good idea? Yeah, I feel like people are, are people take a lot of liberty on social media to post all kinds of different things. But I feel like it's hard to to figure out how to, I guess, moderate all of those things. And if, especially if it's not raising any red flags, if it's not getting reported. And then I don't even know necessarily what the, the lines are on what they can and cannot do with something like this. That is obviously so problematic. But yeah. I don't know what the distinct rules are on something like that. It's a it's a weird question. It, it, it does toe a fine line. I remember there was a man in Oklahoma City just a few months ago because that's an open uh, an open carry state is Oklahoma mm-hmm. and he was just walking around with his assi- assault rifle on his back like a skateboard or a backpack and he was going into mostly black spaces like on the east side of Oklahoma City and just existing going out to get him something to eat you, you know there's children present and things like that so I, I you know with things when I see stories like this I don't know if people are trolling to maybe try to prove a point or if that's just the loosey goosey nation that we live in yeah. now yeah, where you can of, just do whatever. You kind of think when someone's doing something like that, you know what you're doing. You know that you're like inciting at the very least fear and, and striking fear in the people that see you walking down the street. He didn't post this in the dark corners of the web. You know they have their little sites, a little 8chan and yeah. 4chan and all that. He posted this on YouTube. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like... I want to hear from YouTube like what those rules are and, and what they Child. can and cannot do and what they shouldn't be posting on there. Um, because... 
I don't know. I, I feel like I could I could see someone making an argument that this was just about their Second Amendment rights and being able to carry their guns and all that. Hello, Megan McCain, is, if you're listening. Exactly. You know that you're Sean McCain on the show. Don't do no, it. No, I'm not. Don't do it. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Denver Sean from lovebeescott.com is going to be here uh, giving us the latest on the Jordan Wood story. Allie's gone so I can have a Kardashian conversation. Yeah. I know that some of the listeners will be like, what are you talking about? Why are we talking about this? But I also want to ask, unrelated, if you would take a lie detector test to prove your point, to prove that you were right about something. That's coming up next on Drop the Subject. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. (laughs) We are joined in studio by a uh, friend of ours. Um, We know from lovebscott.com. Shar, you know Denver pretty well. Denver Sean joins us. Welcome, Denver. Hey, thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. Yes, this is exciting. (laughs) We we were excited to bring you on because usually when my co-host is here, we have a no Kardashians rule on the show. That it was grandfathered in from before I was on the show. <laughs> but since she's away, I can have all the Kardashian chat that I want to. And so, uh, mind you, we're not going to like talk about the Kardashians forever, but, but I am interested. the topics are hot now. But the, yeah, it's a good time. Exactly. It's a good time. It's yeah. a good time. So, I wanted to uh, chat with you because you guys have the story on lovebscott.com right now where we're talking about this Jordan Wood situation that happened earlier this year. So, can mm-hmm. you give us the latest on just exactly what's happened with Jordan Wood? Sure. So, we all know that Jordan Woods had something going on with Tristan Thompson, who was Khloe Kardashian's baby daddy slash boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. earlier this year. After that, she went and did an interview with the Red Table Talk. Well, moving on to this week, a lie detector test, I guess, Jordan took during her first appearance. Footage from that lie detector test went public. Yes. And she says she did not have sex with Tristan, and she passed. And see, what killed me is that when when I read this headline earlier yesterday, the lead was buried. Mm-hmm. So I was initially just just annoyed because I thought Jordan, I thought this was new. So I think we all exactly, did. I think when I saw this, I was like, "Oh, she just took the test," and I was like, "But this is the same glam from the time that she did the interview, <laughs> and she looked amazing." Yeah, she looked yeah. amazing. Yeah. So um, we we actually have a clip of the of the test. So here it is. Please remain as still as you can and listen carefully to the questions that I'm going to ask you. So, are you ready to do your polygraph? Yes. Are you now in the state of California? Yes. Are you currently sitting down? Yes. Did you have sexual intercourse with Tristan Thompson? No. All right, this concludes the test. Please hold still. So (laughs) that was her taking the test, and I was like, is that it? Like, I definitely thought there was going to be more. So what kills me is that in the episode, Jada says she took a two-hour lie detector test. Oh, my God. Two hours. And, like, that's the only part of the clip that they released. And it was spliced and diced, and I had the verdict still out for me. There's a lot of fades to black. I have a lot of questions still. Okay, so... Two hours? Yeah, I don't understand how it was two hours. Like, mind you, there's before this in the clip, because we have to obviously cut it down for air, but he's, like, explaining to her how the test works and Mm. saying he doesn't normally do this with high-profile people and that there's a a meter on the seat so we can tell how you're moving. And it was like... Okay, can we can we get to these questions now? <laughs> I wonder if the two hour test included like like menial questions like is, oh, I would the, think so. is the sky blue? Well that's how they started out. Now to be fair, at the end of the green? test at the end of the test he does say that you passed and um, what you said was true, but I I don't think this seemed to have been enough for Chloe Kardashian. No, so Chloe right after the video came out, she took to her Instagram story and put up some quote about liars always being ready to take an oath. She's such a cancer. Which is crazy is because under on the, the zodiac, I'm not calling Chloe a cancer. Oh, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> but like, a, I, I, like I, her I, emotions. It's always a, what is it? It's always one of those quote photos. Uh, a meme kind of thing. Yeah. Because yeah, to me, I think, 
on the show, she seemed like obviously she was really hurt by the situation, but then she seemed like they were kind of coming around. I don't think she ever ended up having a conversation with Jordan, but she had a conversation with Kylie. But I, all of this kind of leads me to the bigger question of is like if you were having a fight within like your friend circle or like close people, would you actually take a lie detector test to prove your innocence or, or that you were right? I don't know if I would suggest it, but I mean, I'd, if I was telling the truth, I wouldn't have an issue taking one. Because, see, I don't trust lie detector tests in general. That, too. Because they're not, like, they're not... Are they anti-black? Well, they're not anti-black. Well, I mean, probably, <laughs> no, right? They're, but they're I, everything else is. But, like, I, I the reason I'm not me. sure about it is that I don't understand exactly what they how they exactly work and I know that people can cheat them and that they can be wrong they're not even admissible in court so I'm like I don't know yeah I think initially when you posed this question off air I was like yeah I'd do this because you know I could be a bit prideful the ego can be a bit big because I said what I said but in that same <laughs> in that same breath it's like I did say what I say and if you if, if you do not believe me then maybe I'm okay with that I'll move on yeah exactly. maybe we don't yeah. need to be friends if you do not believe me you should know the content of my character right now I think I feel like oh when you said that no that just kind of changed me though because we had a conversation on Loveline a, a couple of weeks ago about uh, is it okay for your partner to be going through your phone and I was saying to them <laughs> I, I said to Dr. Chris at the time at the point at which my partner is going through my phone our relationship is basically over yeah. like if you're not going to trust me so then I'm thinking like if say I'm arguing with my cousin or something or you know a, a best friend and they ask me to take a lie detector test I feel like it's kind of the same thing of like so basically you don't trust me is what I what what is what I'm hearing and I don't know that we even really have a relationship past this you literally all you have to do with people is pay attention to behavior patterns basically look at you body language expert no but she's she's Serious. But you can it, what they say can go in one ear and out the other. You do with that with, with what you will. But pay attention to, to the way that in which people move about these streets and their mm-hmm. behavior patterns, and that'll tell you all you need to know. Because you can't put anything past anyone. But when the when the material is there, when the behavior pattern is there, and something may come to your front door that does not fit in that behavior pattern, I say give them grace and space. So before we go, do you believe Jordan? No. You don't. You I think do she's lying. I think, that, I think there's a lot more to the story that the same. public does not know. Same, same, oh, okay. and, and I'm not saying that she's in the wrong. I'm not saying she's in the right. I just think that there's a much more complicated picture than than, than what's being presented. You think that we're getting just the tip of the iceberg, Absolutely. somebody. From all sides. Interesting. Uh, I agree, Denver. Because, see, I think I... Maybe I'm being... Maybe I'm, we always make fun of Dua Lipa. Uh, maybe I'm being naive. But I, <laughs> but I want to believe her. I want to believe her as well, but I don't. You know, okay. say what you want about Chloe, but I will say that her reactions to this seem to be a bit extreme for a kiss, and that alone leads me to believe that there's there's something yeah, going on. Yeah, like Chloe, no tea. Yeah. She, she, <laughs> and if she, she wants to say it, she needs to say it with her chest and stop posting quotes like a 13-year-old on like Instagram. Well, gonna, there is that. I feel like okay. they're going to write a book or do a documentary like in in the sunset of their lives. We, we got to take band-aid. a quick break. When we come back, though, we've got the game made. Don't go anywhere. More Drop the Subject coming up after this. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. We are uh, getting ready to get into the game. Emmy, Emmy just ran over here like, what did you just do? You guys know I'm, not, I'm learning the board right now. So we're having fun with um, me and the board and the keyboard. Um, so it's time for us to get into the game. We've got three people here to play with us this time. Uh, all three of us will be uh, asking a question of the room as opposed to uh, me or Allie asking each other a question. Char got really excited and was like, I'm not going to tell y'all what it is. Y'all going to be gigged. <laughs> she was doing a lot. No, I just was, I was thinking, it was, it's at the tip of my tongue. I just want some perspective. Okay. 
What's your gay so, question? So, okay, so I'm going to keep this condensed. There is someone who wants to take me out on a date, okay. which I've told you all about off air. Right. And he is he identifies he's within the queer community, which would be something new for me because if you know then you know. I'm not going into detail. So that would be something new for me. My only issue is I think I know who he is, okay. but I also know there's no mystery about him. He's present on on social media and I know that he has I don't know if he's directly done things with people that I know which I'm sure he has but I know that there's been conversation and pictures and like the whole OnlyFans clickety clackety thing going on Denver I want you to know that this gamay question is about her but I'm asking I'm specifically asking you all (laughs) how if you've ever been in a situation like that and if so how do you navigate when someone shows interest in you but they also have direct close proximity to people around you that may cross some lines that may blur some lines oh okay so I I know that's very popular so I've been joking for a couple of years that I'm gonna stop dating black gay men because all of us know each other by about we we say it's less than one degree of separation we say it's .75 something I can't say on the radio um, that we're that removed from each other because like it's not six degrees of separation it's not one I know. degree of separation most of my friends are black gay men so I know how I know how right so it's a challenge with like finding a new person to date even I told you earlier like I went to a screening last night at a friend's house and the mutual friend was someone that I met well the, the person that was there was a person I met on tinder two days ago right and he was at the screening you know what I mean well you had conversation with on Tinder you met him at the screening well exactly and so that is like it's it's just such a small world it's hard to figure out like how you meet people without them being like literally the last (laughs) man that I was in in a relationship with we had both previously dated the same person at like back to back like he dated him and then he dated me and then we started dating the the third guy. So there's no way around it. I feel like you just kind of have to chalk it up to the game. You have to treat the person well because, I mean, even if you get out of it, because otherwise then it's just a little bit weird when you have to interact with that person later. Yeah, there really is no way around it. I mean, I know me typically, I tend to date loners. Um, historically, like all of my exes are people that were not really big social. Groups of, yeah, okay. Not at all, mm-hmm. except yeah. for my current Yeah, No, that is true. I just noticed that. Yeah. And it's been, it's been an adjustment only to find out that there was a guy that I dated. He was actually in a long-term relationship with the guy that I'm with now. Okay. So that's been like, wow. And they're still cool. So it's interesting just to kind of see how many people are so connected. Yeah. And you really can't get away from it. I'm learning. So if if I were this person, I would just suck it up and go on the date and And see what it does. And I know that there are things that factor into my specific situation, like insecurities. There are some insecurities that I have. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a bit of ego present as well because I don't. This is new for me. This would be new for me if if I hate sharing my toys anyway. Yeah. If it's mine, I don't want anybody else to touch (laughs) it. It belongs to me. Stay away from it. But I'm learning that that's just not the case. That's yeah, that's not reality. Interesting. Okay, so what are you gonna do? I don't. Right now, the date is off. It's off. Yeah, I. I it you was, said no. I. I. It is off as of now because I'm just not ready. Girl, at least go get the drink. Well, I'm like, what is wrong with you? Are uh-uh. you? High? I'm, I'm. But I'm dating someone right now who I could go get the drink with. So we'll, we'll go get two drinks. I don't. I don't know. Char said my <laughs> dance card's actually really full right now. It's so. not really full. I just have a lot of feelings. Okay. Oh, I, just, I feel that. Okay, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna finish up the GMA. Plus, a little bit later, we've got uh, we've got, we've got a, a lifetime movie executive. We're always talking about holiday movies on. 
television. He's going to explain to us why they're such a big deal and kind of give us a preview of some of the things coming up uh, over at Lifetime. Plus, we're going to talk to uh, uh, Professor Darnell Hunt from UCLA about the new lawsuit against uh, the University of California saying that ACT and SAT scores should not be part of college admissions. All those things are coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. We are finishing up the game. We got into Shar's question about how do you <laughs> date with so few de- degrees of separation between folks nowadays, which I told you basically is impossible nowadays. And um, we had some spicy off-air conversation. The <laughs> I, real I show know. is when the music is playing Listen, in you all's ears. We've been saying we're going to do cuss. bonus content. <laughs> right. We've been saying we're going to do bonus content for the pod. I feel like we got to start doing that. Anyway, we are uh, in the middle of the GMA, and we are basically about to get into uh, Denver's question. So, Denver, what exactly So, it was something Char said that, that kind of triggered me in terms of, you know, the person you're dating in social media and their behavior. Okay. So, when you are dating somebody... And you see them active on social media and they're liking and they're commenting. What behaviors would you consider to be too far? Is it like hard eyes? Is it liking the thirst traps? Like what? God, this is hard. Yeah, that is hard. Um, I, I remember dating a guy who was mad at me because however the algorithm worked out, his brother would show up in my Instagram feed, but mm-hmm. he wouldn't. And he was like, well, you liked his picture, but you didn't like Ooh, mine. He was shadow banned. And I was like. I'm literally with you. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? But he was like mad that I wasn't like, engaging it's, his photos. It is so wild how social media has really just increased so many, like, brought up so many conversations and insecurities that weren't necessarily there in 1997. Well, right, because it's such Tell a part them. of our lives now. But I feel like when someone is. And you get to if, like it and comment. I feel like if the person I'm with in, in a relationship is like responding to a bunch of thirst trap photos with heart eye emojis and like eggplant yeah. emojis. Emojis or peach emojis. I feel like eh, I'm gonna need you to slow that down. I'm gonna need you to pump all of the brakes. But I'm also not like I've never been a jealous boyfriend. Like I'm not me either. But you know what? What I find as I've been dating more is that I have hard lines and oh, I'm not that type of girl or I am this type of girl. But the gray area comes when it's the test. Yeah. And I'm like, I didn't know I was capable of even saying something yeah. that hurtful to you. Yeah. I am so sorry, Ms. McCain. Calm um, down. Calm down. No, <laughs> but no. Just to piggyback off of what you said, I. I think that there are just certain things that just the nuances of relationships, right? So mm-hmm. I feel like when you're in a relationship, your partner knows what buttons to push if they want to upset you. Or even if they... Sometimes people are not cognizant of what they do, but you have to acknowledge that when you're in a relationship, you can't move about these streets like you once did when you were single. Mm-hmm. So you, I think that the heart eyes and like you said, Jared, certain emojis, yeah. the peach and the eggplant and, and, and even comments. Like if you're running like, damn, like, you know, even Yes, Zaddy. Yeah, I'm like, for me no. it's the comments. You know, likes are cool. Likes like, are I'm, I'm an equal opportunity like equal opportunity like I like everything. Yeah. Same. So I'm not gonna trip off of a like, but if I see that comment, yeah. I'm like, what did you need to say to this person that bad? But yeah. I'm also a person that doesn't like Just to me. tell people what they can and cannot say or do. Yeah, I don't yeah. do that. I'm not that. that person either. So I feel like I'd have a difficult time trying to figure out how I felt about it. Well, for or me, what... like I'll never say don't do it. But now that you did it, I'm gonna tell you how I felt, how I feel. And about if you continue that's to really do it, and you choose to do it knowing how I feel about it, then then we have now. A how do you feel? Like I feel like also with comments, it's kind of like, oh well, it's out there in the open, maybe a covering of your tracks. But I don't know if the comment could trigger an invitation to the inbox to the. Well, well, so that's always the challenge. Does. That's the problem to me is it like if I does. keep seeing your your commenting, 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 especially like on the same account, mm-hmm. then it makes me feel like. 
So are y'all into message? Are y'all DMing? Like, what's the deal? Well, see, my thing is, if you're commenting on the page, that means you're going to comment on the story. And when you comment on the story, Ooh. it automatically goes to the Ooh. DM. So you, so you know, you may have hit that quick reaction, hard eyes on that shirtless picture in the story, and now you're in that conversation. And no who's, shame, and who's because... to say where that's going? Oh, in the Insta story. Oh, yeah. And, yes, and that to me, I'm like, oh, now I got to deal I'm with this. Someone I'm interested in just got a fresh haircut, and I sent him the heart eyes and the flame emoji, and we're next thing you know, it's on and popping. Well, we're, I mean, it's bi- next thing you know, you got something. To do after the show. Okay. How you doing? I see, and that to me is uh, holiday party. Okay. That is what I have to do after the show. <laughs> um, interesting. Yeah, I, I feel like ultimately I probably I, I I'm leaning more toward you on this one and saying like I'm going to tell you how I felt about this uh-huh. and we'll have a conversation. I'm not going to tell you that you can or cannot do it because I don't believe. But in the those conversation kinds of rules. has to be had. It makes no sense to suppress how you feel and take up you know holding court with your friends. Say it like you mean it, as Wendy would say, straight from the hip to your partner. That's the whole point of being in a relationship to have these honest and transparent conversations and sometimes difficult conversations. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to have to um, take host privilege and we don't have time for my question at this point because I let y'all people talk. Um, we want to thank Denver though for being here. Yeah, thank we you really for appreciate it. Me. Yes, t- Denver, tell people where they can uh, find more about you. Yeah, yeah. so you can always find the latest and greatest on lovebiscott.com and celebrity news and entertainment. You can find me on Twitter at underscore just Denver, Instagram just.denver and uh, we have a podcast, The B. Scott Show, every Thursday. Awesome. All right. We'll so. make sure that people look out for that. We got to take a quick break. When we come back, we've got more Drop the Subject. Don't go anywhere. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the Subject is back. Shar, you and I have had, uh, we're already halfway through. Mm-hmm. We've had a lot to talk about. We've got a lot more to talk about. Um, but before we get into that, I want to remind you all that you need to go to wearechannelq.com right now because we've got this amazing opportunity for you to win a trip for two to Vegas with airfare, hotel, tickets, and a meet and greet with um, a lady that I believe you're probably familiar with. Her name's Lizzo. Have you heard of Lizzo? Um, does it really ring a bell? I feel like I have. <laughs> we, has she been in the news a lot this I, week? I believe she has been in the news a lot this week, and she's on our air a lot every day. Uh, make sure to go to wearechannelq.com for more information on how you can win round-trip tickets uh, for you and a guest, a two-night hotel stay at the Cosmopolitan in Vegas, two tickets to the Lizzo concert, two meet-and-greet passes, and on top of all of that... A $1,000 shopping spree to Dia & Co. If you're missing out on that, you're missing out on life. Um, so get over to wearechannelq.com right now for your chance to win these tickets. All right. So, Shar, mm-hmm. I'm a little bit annoyed with this story because I did not realize this was going to have an impact on my shopping. But you have this story that is coming from a brand that I kind of enjoy. And I they, do, too. They've kind of screwed up big time on this one yeah so shout out to asos which is my only gripe is that they don't have like a flagship store anywhere yeah. in the united states that's annoying but but that's um, probably how they keep prices low yeah honestly they have a whole bunch of overhead well they're apologizing for selling a quote fat suit game after criticism that it was insensitive to the plus size community now uh the 25 dollar toy is named ballerina charades and it's by typo uk and um, it comes with the it comes in a box, of course, and it features a photo of a model wearing an inflatable fat suit with the tutu and the tagline that reads, quote, the perfect icebreaker and party game filled with laughter. 
Now, oh on December 5th, plus-size social media personality Danielle Vanier uh, criticized the game. She tweeted, um, ASOS, what is this, please? Why would you stock something that's so clearly marketed towards laughing at a body that looks like mine? Now, her tweet was met with a chorus of other ones from social media with people just literally dragging ASOS to hell and back for, for fat shaming. And so they promptly removed the game and uh, their PR came out and was basically thanking everyone for making them aware of this. And it was never their intention to cause offense. That's what they basically said in short from a statement. Now, what I gathered from this is it's it's not directly ASOS's game. It's like one of those, you know, like her urban outfitters has things that are strictly urban outfitters, but they they also sell vendor kind of things. Yeah. It's one of those vendor type things. And so, uh, they have removed it and apologized and they seem thoroughly embarrassed by all of this. I feel like I, I, I don't understand how things like this kind of slip through the cracks. I feel like there's so many people that are involved in a process to get something sold by a major brand or sold on, on different websites and different apps and stuff like that. I don't understand how something like this continues to happen. Like, is there no person that, that was like, "Mm, this could be a problem. Now I, I think that this one, this one I will give ASOS the grace and the space on because there has not been a lot of conversation surrounding, you know, uh, things regarding the plus size community when it comes to um, making fun of people like on a large scale. What I don't give people the grace and space on is like when that one time H&M put the little black boy in a monkey hoodie or that one time there was like a nail polish company, like a German nail polish company that used an offensive term to des- to describe their black nail polish. So it's like I feel like when things are are have to deal with race in particular, I feel like it's a PR stunt. Well, so for me, I f- I, I this is a little I, I bit think, different. I think it being a PR stunt would be a little bit more generous than I would want to be because whenever it's a race thing, and also in this kind of situation, I feel like there's there's not enough diversity in the room, exactly. and that diversity includes race and gender and age and body and, type, and, exactly. And I mean, mind you, do you have to check off every single box? That's not always going to be possible, and I get that. But I think for something like this, like had this been a sumo wrestler. It'd be a different thing, right? But it's like a, a female. Well, it's it's a body that is wearing a tutu, tutu. so it's intended, I guess, to be female or feminine. Um, it just to me, it's not. It's not even like a funny deaf. thing. It was completely tone deaf, and it was inconsiderate. I guess I don't yeah. know how they how they saw this and thought like, oh, this will be hilarious. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I don't think it was from a malicious place, and I'm not even trying to like fight for ASOS. But they didn't keep it up. Like in no way would this type of press benefit them. That's what I'm saying, especially because it's not geared towards their specific brand of clothing. Well, this is a vendor thing. Well, as you mentioned, ASOS responded. They said, "Thank you for making us aware of this. It was never our intention to cause offense. We've decided to remove the product from our site." Um, and I think that is something that's most important. And I think that them coming out and saying that like they're going to remove it is great. But I don't think it's. It, I don't know. I, I feel like they're they're gonna have to just eat this one um, because it, it was just a dumb a dumb decision to make, and I don't understand how people continue to keep their jobs when stuff like this keeps happening. We're gonna take a quick break though. When we come back, we've got Darnell Hunt from US, US excuse me from UCLA who's gonna talk to us about the uh, SAT scores and how they are being challenged right now about whether or not they should be a part of college admissions. That's up next. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. I want to get into a conversation now about 
uh, colleges, and uh, we've obviously had a lot of different stories about uh, colleges in the headlines with college admission scandals. Shout and all out kinds to of Felicity stuff like Huffman. That. Well, and to Lori Laughlin, who's going to be spending a significant amount of time in prison, probably. Um, but I wanted to talk about this story because I, I don't think enough people uh, are aware of the perspective about bias um, with uh, SATs and ACTs. And so I wanted to give a call to Darnell Hunt, who is a uh, he's the uh, professor and dean of social sciences over at UCLA and is also the director of UCLA's Ralph J. Bunch Center for African American Studies because there's this uh, there's a lawsuit that's coming out now that's going against the University of California from students saying that the ACTs and SATs shouldn't be used for college admissions. So uh, Darnell is joining us on the phone right now. How's it going, Darnell? I'm doing great. Yourself? Doing very well. Thank you so much for joining us. So um, can you give us a little bit of understanding on the conversation around uh, bias and SATs and ACTs? Well, this is a long-standing issue. There's been a lot of um, research on the um, the impact of um, standardized tests like the ACT and the SAT. And without going into a lot of detail and getting into the weeds, the basic takeaway is that they tend to be very much correlated to one's social class. Um, kind of the uh, upbringing you had, um, the, um, the educational level of your parents, all of the advantages and or disadvantages you may have had growing up tend to register on these exams, which, um, you know, have been shown to be biased in certain ways in terms of um, um, different cultural frameworks. So what that means is that for um, universities that rely heavily upon them um, and take them as objective indicators of merit um, and use them then to admit students, often it tends to disproportionately um, 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 lead to the uh, denial of, um, of students of color, particularly um, underrepresented students of color who tend to be socioeconomically uh, more disadvantaged. It tends to lead to a disproportionate um, sort of denial of them um, admission to the university. So that's that's one of the longstanding issues. Um, university of California has been looking at this issue for a long time. And in fact, I've been on a number of committees over the years that have looked at how um, standardized tests are used in admissions and, and, and the role they play. And um, to, to kind of just, you know, the lawsuit is one thing, but I, I can say that from the University of California's perspective, and certainly here at UCLA, um, these exams are just one of the many indicators we use, and we try not to use them as um, exclusionary um, yeah. um, criteria. You bring up a great point, because just to echo that sentiment, when I first read this headline, I was thinking to myself that every essentially everything that you just said factors into that. It starts with just like the redlining of communities and whatever district you went to, whatever essential, essentially whatever high school, middle school, elementary school, your, your educational foundation will determine how well you are at test taking and the type of information you might retain, which in the long term affects the test. Well, looking at the story from NBC News, they say a supporter of the lawsuit filed on Tuesday in California Superior Court in Alameda County say it's the first of its kind and could have a far-reaching impact. While the ACT and the SAT have been a standard admission tool uh, in the United States for decades, aiming to offer objective criteria to compare students from different high schools, dozens of higher education institutions have dropped these tests from their admissions criteria amid a growing backlash. And so you being able to uh, have some perspective on this, uh, Professor Hunt, can you kind of explain where do you stand on this position on whether or not uh, this should be a part of the college admissions process? 
Well, I always take it with a grain of salt. I would never use it as the sole or even one of the more important indicators. I mean, again, the University of California has done a number of studies uh, on the SAT over the years, and what they find is that uh, your performance in the SAT explains a very small percentage of mm-hmm. how well you do in your first few years in college. That is to say, it doesn't really predict all that well who's going to succeed and who isn't. So if that's the case, why are we using it to exclude people? You know, why would we use it to exclude people um, or to deny people admission to the university? And so what UC has done has kind of moved away from admissions models that rely, you know, too heavily on the SAT. So initially, the regents went to comprehensive review back in the early 2000s. And then a number of the UC campuses like UCLA, I believe it was in 2006, 2007, went to holistic review. And what that means basically is that students are admitted on the basis of a range of different factors. And one of the most important ones is how well you did in your high school. So it's Mm. building into the system um, an opportunity to take into account the resources you had at your disposal when you were coming up. And the, and the logic here is that, and this is supported by the literature, by the way, that if you do extremely well in a poorly resourced high school, you're probably going to do well at an elite university like UCLA because you have the tenacity, the resilience, um, kind of the, just the stick to itness to kind of do what you have to do to be successful. And those are the types of students that we want to admit to UC because, after all, UC is supposed to represent the people of California in all of its diversity. I I'm curious if you think that this will this lawsuit um, will be successful. Well, you know, I'm not an attorney, so it's hard to know. Right. Um, I can say that there's a lot at stake because I believe the UC is um, 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 ETS, the Educational Testing Services, and that's the that's the the organization that runs the SAT, um, their largest single customer. So I think it could have a real impact on um, the future of the SAT. I think nationally. Um, so I personally feel that. The exam should be optional. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't determine that policy. I, and, and, I, and I know that UCLA, again, among the many, many things it looks at, and UCLA's admissions uh, process is incredibly rigorous. Um, it's just one of many, many, many things they look at. Um, and in fact, probably the most important thing is your high school rank and, you know, how you do in your high school, how you made the most of the opportunities you had available to you. I guess uh, I, this makes me think about this, uh, the standardized testing that we have in grade school as well. Is there similar bias in the way that those kind of test scores shake out as well? Well, you know, that's a great question. I mean, I, I haven't seen um, uh, sort of studies of how those types of standardized tests are used and what it is they purport to, to measure. I mean, you know, it, it's sort of a mixed bag. I mean, you know, we've, we've, we're moving um, toward what some people have criticized as a testocracy, where, you know, we want to make all these mm. decisions based on tests. And high-stakes tests. I mean, you know, why should someone's entire future be be dependent upon how they did in 90 minutes or maybe two hours uh, with a paper and pencil exam or online these days? I mean, that seems to be um, kind of an, an, an overreach. I mean, I think you should have all of the information available to you when we're making decisions about people's futures and what their options are. So in that spirit, I tend to want to de-emphasize, the, me personally, the, the importance of these exams. And I think that um, there is a nationwide movement, as you pointed out. I mean, a number of you know, prominent universities are either making the exams optional or they're not taking them at all. UC has been considering this for some time, and it may very well do that. I don't know. And I don't know, again, what the outcome of this lawsuit will be or how that, that might factor into UC's decision. 
But it is something that we are very concerned about, you know, myself and, and colleagues who want to, you know, you know, maintain the best public university system, right. which UC is and UCLA Many people argue is the top public institution in the country, and so we take that very seriously, but we also want this to be a very inclusive place where people have an opportunity, regardless of your background, Absolutely. your race, ethnicity, socioeconomic status, to get in. And well, if these exams become a barrier, we don't want them to get in the way. Well, uh, Professor Darnell Hunt, I really, really appreciate you coming in and talk with us about this. I think it's a really important issue that enough people don't know about. So I, I appreciate your perspective on this. Um, thank you so much for joining us. We got to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to get into more Drop the Subject. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. Shar, I want to know, what is the best surprise you've ever gotten at work? Ooh, a promotion. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you mean? Like, I, I mean, like a surprise more so like of something that was given to you by the company. Oh, um, well, always around this time, typically when I had a nine to five, I like uh, gifts. And so like when I worked for a production company, they gave me one year, they gave me a portable charger that I still use. It carries full charge. And then I got this weird, it's like a fun water bottle with the production company's like logo on it. But the top of it is a Bluetooth speaker. Okay. And, it, and it has LED lights. It's like the club in the water bottle. Well, we're not going to be able to touch what happened at this one Baltimore this one Baltimore company that gave out all kinds of crazy bonuses to their employees at their holiday par- at their holiday party. This comes from Yahoo Finance. They say St. John's Properties, a Baltimore-based commercial real estate company, um, property management company, they provided $10 million in bonuses for its 198 employees to split at its annual holiday party on December 7th. Apparently, Apparently, wow. exactly. Um, their president says the bonus distribution was based solely on years of service. It had nothing to do with a person's position in the company. We spent a little bit of time discussing it. And believe me, once we made that decision, we realized that was the only fair and equitable way of handling this. Apparently, individual employee bonus range, ranges. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Range from one hundred dollars to two hundred and seventy thousand dollars, according to their LinkedIn post. On average, every employee got fifty thousand dollars in an envelope at their party. That is a dream come true. That is I already bananas. know what I'm doing with the money. I, I literally all I I'm not saying on air, but I know what I'm doing. If I got fifty thousand dollars, I know exactly what I'd do. Okay. All right. Well what else could you do with fifty thousand dollars? Definitely rent would be paid up. I don't think I want to be <laughs> I don't I like I'd pay rent That like, is such a like such like a big city answer like, well listen, this rent will get paid. Let's let's yeah, be clear about that. Yeah. They I'd say, have some fun and I'd also invest. That would be the key for me. I'd invest. I don't know, maybe buy a seven eleven or or some or something a Burger King or something. Okay. They say <laughs> only five people in the company knew about this bonus surprise. Um the president stressed that it was kept extremely secretive. She says, I steer the boat, but they're the ones that run the boat. She says they're the ones that make the boat go without that team we are nothing and we are absolutely nothing um she should have said i drive the boat shout out to megan the stallion you think she was going to shout out to megan the stallion i'm just saying instead of i steer the boat she should have said i drive the boat that would have been a but um well i'm pretty sure that plenty of people are wondering like how did this happen they say what prompted this hefty bonus was apparently the company's goal back in 2005 to double the size of its portfolio to 10 million square feet uh, from 10 million square feet to 20 million square feet um and according to the the president at the time, St. John's property had no idea how long the goal would take to reach, um, surmising that it would it would take nearly 40 years. Apparently, it didn't take that long. But since they reached their goal within 14 years, she says, in celebration of that major achievement, we wanted to find a way to thank and reward all of our employees. I mean, 
You don't hear stories like this every day. You don't hear stories like that every day. I would say um, our holiday party is going to be on Friday, so um, we're looking at you, Channel K. Turn up. (laughs) (laughs) Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. Char, um, we've had so many guests and so much stuff going on today. We didn't have like a formal time to get into News It or Lose It, but I know that you had stories that you were excited about. Mm -hmm. So this first one is about the fastest job in the United, the fastest growing job in the United States is actually a six figure job, right? Yes. So um, it turns out this is, of course, according to LinkedIn, our favorite site, they release its annual emerging jobs list on Tuesday and it identifies the roles that have been the largest that have seen the largest rate of hiring um, from the years 2015 up until now. And number one on the list is artificial intelligence specialists, typically an engineer, researcher or other specialty that focus on the machine learning and artificial intelligence. Figuring out things like where it makes sense to implement AI or building AI systems. Now, LinkedIn says hiring for this role has been tremendous, growing 74% annually over the past four years alone. I I feel like that makes sense. I feel like everyone is trying to um, either incorporate artificial intelligence or augmented reality into like every app, into every website, into every every kind of product. I just saw that Deepak Chopra has a new app coming out. I saw this on Good Morning America the other day, and he has digital Deepak. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm brushing my teeth in the other room. I'm thinking that it's going to be like a little cartoon or something. But no, it's actually you asking Deepak Chopra like a photo of him, questions, and he responds back. It's like a like a like a uh, like a an fake AI D version of him. Yes, yes, which is creepy. Okay. Now the pay is impressive too. AI roles often command six figures. Uh, but like, for example, in San Francisco, they rake in about $120,000 and upwards to $160,000 annually. Um, but more recently, people are talking about $250,000 um, for these jobs. Geez, okay. You also had a story about a Delaware brewery that has uh, <laughs> a shady new a shady new beer. Oh, it's so shady. So Dogfish Head Brewery in Delaware, they have a new beer named OK Boomer that they announced on their Twitter page <laughs> this past Friday. And, you know, the term OK Boomer was birthed online as a way to dispar- disparage older generations. It's, well, it it's started like dismissive. It started in um, a state house somewhere, like someone responded to another person. And I'm gonna find it so because I, it, and then it became a thing online after that because of because people were like tweeting about it. Let me find it, but go ahead. Well, it's known as a, a winter warmer like brewed beer. It has cinnamon notes of cinnamon, ginger, cardamom, star anise, and a house toasted walnut flower and killing coffee malt. I hope I pronounced that right. Killing coffee. It's malt? it's described as an earthy sipper with notes of spice and toffee. <laughs> So <laughs> an earthy zipper. Yes. Okay. Um, all right. And then you also have a story about um, the most Google terms of the year, which, you know, really speaks to my heart with doing the word of the day every single day. So the most Google terms of the year are basically the ones that everyone's been searching for. We talked earlier this week about Miriam Webster um, saying that they, I believe, was their word of the year. Yeah. Um, what is Google talking about? So for the most part, these aren't really terms as, as it's more so most search. Okay. And so NFL's Antonio Brown, he was number one. 
Okay. Antonio Brown. Yes, oh, he's, he's the, the football fo- player, the right? Former, yeah, NFL's okay. Antonio Brown. He's the former Patriots wide receiver who was accused of sexual misconduct and other antics this year. <laughs> um, the number and the number one most uh, searching searched person, and then of course your favorite actor Jesse Smollett. Really? Who was in February, you know, he was charged with staging a fake hate crime in Chicago. He's the second most Google person. Also uh, among the ranks are R. Kelly, Kevin Hart. These are all black men wrapped in scandal. That's what kills me about this. Like literally the top four. Um, Hurricane Dorian also made its its way up there and the Notre Dame Cathedral fire and the Women's World Cup. That's just a few. Uh, I hate that Disney the top Plus, four are, Baby Yoda. It's just a few. I hate Baby Yoda is so new that it's interesting that it's one of the most searched of the year. People, um, oh, also, also really quickly Nipsey Hussle and Cameron Boyce who okay. passed away, both of which passed away this year. I hate that it's so much about black men and scandal. I wonder what that Literally, says about our, our society. Yeah, because why ain't Felicity Huffman up there? Listen, or Lori, Lori Laughlin, or... There's tons of other things. Roman Polanski, there's tons of other things. Kevin Hunter. Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson. I'm surprised <laughs> Wendy didn't make the list. But yeah, literally, these are all black men. So things embroiled need to be examined. Exactly. And embroiled in big scandals, huge scandals of the year. Think about who the majorities of the who the people are that are Googling. There's a whole lot. To, so much to unpack there, but we don't have time. Okay, We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, more news, more drop the subject. Don't go anywhere. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. You got to love it. You got to love it. <laughs> Welcome back to Drop the Subject. I am Jarrett. Allie is out. Char is in for her while Allie is traipsing through uh, Asia. And um, I'm very excited because we've been talking about holiday movies on this station, on this show, for weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, it, one of our listeners even called in with one of his favorite things lists, and he was talking about all of the holiday movies that he likes on Hallmark, which we'll talk about in a moment. Um, Candace but- Cameron Bure's network? <laughs> yes. That's what I call and, it. Uh, and so he uh, was talking about how much he loves all the holiday movies movies and I we have talked about it so much I was like we need to get someone in here and I know the perfect person uh he is a I want to make sure I say this right an original films executive over at Lifetime correct Mm -hmm. that was right that was right his name is Michael Chen welcome Michael Chen (laughs) thank you Jared Hill thank you for being here and he has a fantastic sweatshirt on today that I want I can't wait to get my Peppa La Beja yeah his house of extravaganza it's a really good sweatshirt yes it has La Beja extravaganza Saint Laurent uh, Ninja Pendavis Dupree Mm -hmm. Corey Uh, it's just as gay as you could possibly be and if you know then you know if you know do your homework then you know do 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 your your research baby (laughs) So I wanted to bring Michael in to talk to us about uh, Lifetime and holiday movies in general. Like, first things first, before we even get into, like, the movies that you guys have going on specifically, why are holiday movies such a big deal? I feel like holiday movies are, like, a good pan of macaroni and cheese. They just Mm. feel good. They go Mm. down nice. They always just leave you full of goodness. And so that's why you guys guys started earlier and earlier every year. And this year, year, you guys started... October 25th, the day before Hallmark. Oh. <laughs> we were first. Let's just be very clear. And why so early? 
Well, people are asking for them year round, and that's so um, wild. And you you'd be so surprised. Like people really call our receptionists and say, like, when are the Christmas movies start? Are you serious? In June? No way. People are like people, hungry for you it. You know how how crazy people can be. Now, my thing is, I think they're popular because I my favorite category of film is rom com. I love a good rom com. Mm, okay, but I like a little drama in there as well. But they're like holiday themed rom coms. You know, going into holiday movies that it's you not know what you're be, gonna get. You know Even, exactly what you get. Even though with Lifetime, I'm surprised you all didn't do, you know, Santa tried to kill mom or something. You know, you, you, you all love a good <laughs> Deadly thriller. Santa only on Lifetime. Yes. Oh, the Lifetime voice. <laughs> he hates when I do my Lifetime voice. Only on Lifetime. We, we, uh, Yours I, is I'm, much better. I, first of all, how dare you? I'm sitting right here. Um, no, we'll be like in, in a random store and I'll just be reading labels in my Lifetime voice. Oh, gosh. I'll be like... <laughs> Ugh, Remember Revealed? It wears me out. Remember Revealed with Jules Asner back in the day? But we can talk about that, that later. That was so random. <laughs> lifetime. So it is lifetime. Random. Um, okay, so you guys uh, you guys actually don't have like scary Christmas movies, all right? No, we are tried and true in the Christmas space. Everywhere else, we're going to give you a little thrill, a little ride. Mm. But Christmas I love is Ella all about Man. feeling good. Yes, girl. Yeah. Element. It's the place it, it for is. all of that. It is. For all of that. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen Element. Am I missing out on Element? You yes. are. Yes. Lifetime Movie Network. What? Uh, yes, yes. I love that. That's okay. the real wind down station. You get your glass of wine, your bowl of popcorn. And yeah. you sit there all day. All day. It's kind of like, uh, I always say Forensic Files is like that. Like, if you start <laughs> watching Forensic Files, you're not going to move. Like, yeah. you have to hang out. So, one of our, uh, when our listener, I believe it was Ken that called in, and he was talking about how he loves uh, the holiday movies on a different network, but he was like, I feel like <laughs> all holiday movies always have the same story and I was like what is the story he was like it's always some wealthy well to do woman who's coming back to a small town <laughs> who hasn't been there in forever and the place is completely different it's wacky. she doesn't fit there anymore yep. but there's always a guy who if you just comb his hair and change his clothes he's actually a hottie and he's specifically blue collar he's always blue collar he's exactly. never jack he's never, never, right, exactly yes. he's always blue collar he's never an exact and she needs his help with something she's yep. resistant to it and yep. then she gives in then they fall in love and she decides to stay there. He's like, and that is th- the movie every single and time. And she throws her career away. And she throws it away. That right. is typically the format for we actually We're a little different, but yes, that is typically we, the format. We actually just watched one of those movies on Netflix, uh, Falling in Love, I-N-N, which mm-hmm. I talked about here on the show before, uh, with Christina Milian mm-hmm, and cute. some hot Australian guy or New Zealander. Um, New Zealander. I think he was from New Zealand. Yeah, I just didn't know you yeah. called them New Zealanders. Yeah, I believe that's what they're called, New Zealanders. Um, okay, so you guys up. have movies coming up. Uh, well, you guys have been playing movies for over a month now yep. that are Christmas. Um, what do you guys have coming up that people are going to be excited about? The one that I'm really, really excited about is called Christmas Hotel. Okay. Um, it stars Tatiana Ali, Sean Patrick Tatiana Thomas, Ali from Fresh Prince? Ashley Banks? Ashley yes. Banks. Okay. Um, Sean Patrick Thomas from oh, Save yes. the Last Dance and Barbershop. He's okay. always been a cutie. Everyone's mother, Cheryl Lee Ralph. Oh. Adult to Diva. Yes. And it's her. <laughs> okay. Uh, Telma Hopkins. And yes, Telma Hopkins from Family Matters as well. Aunt Rachel. Yes. And who disappeared shows? in season three. She was on the Big Diddy show. Half and half. half. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. This journey yes. of discovery. We're getting so black right now. I love it. That's okay. Um, and then who else? And William Allen Young. So we have a Moesha reunion with um, D and Frank Mitchell. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Love to see it. I feel like Emmy's going to be cutting that tease as our promo later. Oh. <laughs> um, okay. So what is the movie about? The movie is about a woman. 
who moves back to town. She <laughs> works at a really fancy hotel, the Windsor Hotel in New York City. Okay. And she's really trying to get a promotion to the Windsor in Rome. Okay. But before she can get that promotion, she has to go turn around a small town hotel. Where is it? In her hometown of Garland. Oh my God! Okay. <laughs> a town all about Christmas. Oh, really? So she moves, she goes back home, she moves in, no one wants it in the town, no one more than Connor, her ex-boyfriend. Oh, oh wait, no, he's not her ex-boyfriend, he's her best friend's older Uh-oh. brother from childhood. Look okay. out. Okay, and that movie is going to be uh, coming up on uh, December 21st, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk more with Michael about what's coming up on Lifetime movie-wise, because you guys have some other really big movies that are coming up. Oh, yeah. Also, Kelly Rowland just had a movie called Merry Little Christmas uh, that's going to be airing again on December 18th. Shar, I know you watched that. I did. And by the way, people from New Zealand call themselves Kiwi. But you were right with New Zealander. Okay, I was going to say. For nationality. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. Wanna, <laughs> before we go, I want to let you know that um, the truth is you're going to be feeling good as hell and really juiced. You're going to be dancing up tempo to, with some boys. Because if you go to wearechannelq.com right now, you've got your chance to win. Emmy, stop rolling your eyes, okay? You're gonna, you have your chance to win a tickets for two to Vegas with airfare, hotel tickets, plus a meet and greet with none other than Jerome's ex-girlfriend, Lizzo. And, and Time Magazine's And Time Magazine's Entertainer, Entertainer of the Year. Of the year. Uh, Breakthrough Artist of the Year on Apple, on Apple Music. You're going to be going to Las Vegas with yourself and a friend. Um, go to wearechannelq.com for you can find out how, so you can find out how you can get those tickets um, that also include a $1,000 shopping spree to Dia & Co. You're not going to want to miss that. Wearechannelq.com for more information. We'll take a quick break. More after this. All right. We are back talking Christmas movies. And um, this is a... <laughs> I'm just enjoying being able to play like little Christmas music in the background. Uh, Gwen Stefani and Blake Shelton. I didn't even know they had a Christmas song. Me? Mm-hmm. They do? They do, yeah. It's, you make it feel like, oh, I remember this. This was in the commercials or something last the year. The world's sexiest man and Gwen Stefani? No, the world's sexiest man is John Legend. <laughs> I know, but Lest also, we forget. Yes. Blake had it last <laughs> don't, year. Don't let Chrissy uh, have to remind you. Okay. <laughs> so, we were talking about our favorite Christmas movies, and uh, Char, you said you saw Merry Little Christmas, which was on I Lifetime. I did. I did. You we're, know, I tried to support all three children of destiny (laughs) in their own entity. We're here with Michael Chin, who is a a film executive over at Lifetime, and we're talking to him about how much, uh, how popular Christmas movies are, and uh, Shar was like, oh, I just watched Merry Little Christmas, uh, Kelly Rowland's uh, Christmas movie for you all. Yes, she starred, executive produced, and I mean, it wasn't just a name. She really was like making decisions in the edit doing all of those things. She was really a part of the process. Oh yeah, she was in it. And what is the movie about? It's about a woman who has a really perfect life. She mm-hmm. built this perfect home. Mm-hmm. Her name's Jackie. Yes. Jackie Little. <laughs> L-I-D-D-L-E. Right. Thank you. And, and why does Jackie spell that way too? She wanted to be different. J-A-Q-U-I. Mm-hmm. J-A-Q-U-I. Okay, that's black. Okay, but okay, go ahead. It's very black. Um, and she wants to host Christmas. And so she brings all of her family, her two sisters, and their families come to her house, and all hell breaks loose. They Yikes. ruin her perfect and house. And it's loosely based. Now, Debbie Morgan stars as her mom. Mm-hmm. It, if you're familiar with Eve's Bayou, she was Aunt Moselle. If you're a Charmed fan, she was the seer. Um, and Brisha Webb is in this as Kelly's sister. And mm-hmm. and it just it's full of hijinks, but Kelly said it's 
based loosely off of what really happened at she and her husband Tim Witherspoon's house oh, yes. when they decided to host Christmas. Okay, mm-hmm. we only have a couple of minutes, but I know mm-hmm. you guys have some other big movies that are happening next year that you're really excited Ooh, about. Yes. One of which I've already seen, um, just because you know I'm connected to you. Uh, this movie <laughs> stars Nisi Nash and it's called Stolen by My Mother. Can you give us a quick rundown on what that is? Is this the Iyanla movie? No. Oh. I mean, but it's about someone that was on Iyanla. Right, Kamaya right. Mobley. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. Okay. I was and like, what are you talking also about? also our yes, first movie right. with um, Robin Roberts. Yes. So Robin Roberts executive produced this movie about a little girl who was abducted by a woman and raised as her own. She mm-hmm. gave her a beautiful life. And then when she was 17 years old, she finds out that she was actually stolen. And her birth mother comes back in and her birth father. And they don't really get along. And so it's about this weird triangle between these it's two mothers so and this interesting. Girl. The dynamics in this movie of like who, of where your heartstrings get pulled in yeah. one direction or the other. It's crazy. And you've already seen the Yama episode, obviously. Oh, so. yes. I saw all. Yeah. I think that was a three-parter. Yeah, mm-hmm. no. I, you know, Iyanla loves a multi-part. Yeah. Um, and then the movie that's coming out next year that you're super hyped about that I you you have not stopped talking about is the Clark Sisters movie. The Clark Sisters, the first ladies of gospel. It's one of the movies I'm most proud of working on at Lifetime. I'm starring Anjanou Ellis and Kira Clark Sheard. Oh, she I is the truth. For, she sold me one when they see us. Anjanou yes. plays no games. Yes. So the Clark Sisters, first ladies of gospel is coming out. April. It's going to be in April. It's going to be a big deal. A and huge deal. I, I'm so excited about this movie. Um, and he's been super excited about it. Is there it. anything you can tell us? I know in February, Wendy Williams' biopic is, is uh, making its way to Lifetime. Is there anything you can tell me about that? We are still working on it. It's coming. Um, I know they're filming be... in Canada, allegedly. Will yes. Packer is tied to yes. it. Yes. I'm excited for that. Because you all are doing a documentary as well. It's going to be four yes. hours of Wendy on of Lifetime. Wendy. And Wendy has authorized everything. She's holding nothing back. Oh! Uh, it's going to be a good time on Lifetime, apparently. How are you doing? <laughs> we got to take a quick break. When we come back, news it or lose it. Don't go anywhere. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. We are almost out of here. We got a couple more things to talk about um, before we go. I'm so excited that we were able to have this conversation with Michael Chen from Lifetime. Um, that was a really cool thing to get to chat about all the different movies and things like that because obviously the listeners really love the, the holiday movies. Um, so you guys can check out all those different films happening over on Lifetime. Um, and our thanks to Michael Chen for joining us. So before we go, um, I want to get into this really quick Trump around. So this story comes from Huffington Post Live. It says Donald Trump slams his security for being, quote, politically correct in ejecting a protester. Apparently, he wasn't happy with a security guard assigned to his campaign rally in Pennsylvania on Tuesday night when a woman in a Me Too hat and uh, wearing a T-shirt with a middle finger on it snuck into an empty pen near the stage and waved around a sign (laughs) with a middle finger and the phrase grabbing power back, which has a couple of different seeming connotations uh, with Me Too and Donald Trump. Uh, It says, as the crowd jeered, Trump ordered security to eject the protester. Get her out, he demanded, gesturing the out signal with his thumb. You know, he loves to... Oh, yes. He turns into an umpire. Exactly. Uh, It says, uh, footage showed a guard holding his arm above the woman and trying to guide her to the exit of the pen but not touching her as she waved her sign and gave the finger to Trump. So I also want to say, like, I get why the security guard is like, I don't want to, like, engage this woman physically. I'm not going to, like, she's wearing what? a Me Too shirt. What was he expecting? Her, the, the woman to be put in a, in a half Nelson and, 
Like thrown out on the sidewalk? Exactly. Well, Trump grew impatient waiting for them to leave, saying, get her out, get her out. See, these guys want to be so politically correct. Get her out. You see that. Then he taunted the security guard. Um, Donald Trump... This is gross. It's, it is. He I says, hate this. He went on to say, quote, I'll tell you, law enforcement's so great. That particular guy wanted to be so politically correct, waving his arms around and moaning and mocking the, the, the guard, saying, we don't want to be politically correct. I don't know who he was. He didn't do the greatest job. And so, like... This if this will also harken back to remember when he was talking about police officers putting suspects into vehicles and not protecting yep. their heads. Um, it's it's almost like he wants the police to be violent or he the does. security guards to be violent with every single person who's dissenting. And I, I I don't know like what that's supposed to win anybody. I don't understand like what he's expecting it, out of people. It plays into what he ultimately wants. You know, he these are the type of stories that literally. They not only do they raise my blood pressure, they just raise my blood pressure to the point they they have to go in one ear and out the other. I can't even sit with this because it's so disgusting. Donald Trump and these rallies, I feel like I'm I grow increasingly concerned about him having a second term, um, a second uh, a second term winning the election because it makes me feel like things are going to get even more crazy when he doesn't have to get reelected when he can do seemingly whatever he wants because he feels like Congress has let him do whatever he wants after surviving an impeachment. It's really really scary to me. Um, we're gonna take a quick break when we come back ryan from uh sure with let's go there with sure and ryan is going to be here to tell us what's coming up on their show and emmy get ready we've got happy endings up next don't go anywhere Welcome back to Drop the Subject. I'm Jarrett. Ali is out. Um, Shar is here with me as we get ready to say goodbye to uh, the rest of the day. This is You've been here all week. You've been on our show. You've been on some other show on this session. What is it called? <laughs> um, let's go there. Let's go somewhere. Child, he know what it is. Oh, God. He knows what it is. I had to <laughs> pop up real quick like I'm a magician. Uh, joining us right now is Ryan Mitchell from Let's Go There with Sheer and Hello, Ryan. Hello, everyone. Hi. Um, so what you guys got coming up at four? Oh, my God. We're actually talking about a really cool story. Have you ever noticed how Alexis and all the Google Home stuff, they're all female-based? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there's an amazing article that's talking... Alexis or Alexa? I, I don't know what it's called. He meant to say Alexis. We, we know what you meant. I know, boy. and I, we all know. <laughs> we know At what the you end meant. of the day, but I thought it was very interesting. I saw this article where it was saying that those assistants should not just be women, and we're going to kind of... It, di- it subscribes to misogyny and And we're going to dive into that conversation oh, today, and so I'm very, very excited about it, so I stay tuned. Okay, very nice. Yeah. Um, it's time for us to basically get ready to say goodbye. But now, Emmy and Char have both been like giving me the biggest side eye with happy endings because I feel like y'all, do y'all not have a happy ending? I always have a happy ending. I am the happy ending. Oh. And I, ooh. Did you try and hit the bell and there was no bell? <laughs> he literally hit the desk. I don't know what that was supposed to be. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Emmy, you're not, you're not feeling happy ending right now. Um, is that right? My, my volume's down. There, there you, go. you go. You got this. I, I'm looking, we're figuring this out. Emmy's so unintentionally shady. <laughs> it happens. My, my no, like Brian down. said, Ryan is the happy ending. He came in here uh, bringing life and energy, and there As it is. As he always there does. Otherwise, oh. I, I, I protest. Boom. Like the Clark I, sisters say, you brought the sunshine. Brought okay. The sunshine. <laughs> you know what? We just it's talked just... about their biopic. All right. Well, Char, talk to me about your happy ending. So my happy ending is... To Jordan Woods. Minus two! Oh, you're so annoying. 
Jordan, <laughs> although you've been publicly humiliated and ridiculed for most of this year, I'm surprised she didn't make Google's top search people, but the interest mm, isn't there. Point taken. Although you've been ridiculed and dragged and talked about this year, the, the, the upside is, the bright side is, you're finishing strong. You've been vindicated with the lie detector test, and people have already chosen their side, so I don't think it affected anything. And you're finishing strong with your eyelash line and your little endorsement deals with Pretty Young Thing, the clothing line, and essentially losing Car- Kylie as a friend and losing that affiliation has boosted your profile. I think her and Kylie are going to be friends. Me too, but I'm saying this year, yeah, yeah, her yeah. profile has been, been one. Bus- uh, boosted. Well, I was going to say it might suck for Jordan was that her name and this story are back in the headlines but look at the bright side that Tristan Thompson is so fine that's not the bright side that is the bright side like that's not at least we get to look at Tristan Thompson one more time but he's garbage garbage he is f-boy supreme he is I don't even want to look at him all of the trashy things that you can possibly say but like damn that man is fine like I guess. So you the one that was saying, like, if Tristan Thompson had came in for a kiss, you would have been all up over it. Well, that's because Tristan Thompson is a trigger for me because he looks just like this guy that I was once involved with. So I don't know why you argue with me about Tristan Thompson being fine. Well, because they both are trash. So now what well, do we do? Well, there is that. We've had this running <laughs> this running thing on the show where if I don't have something to say, I just talk about how Ryan Reynolds or someone else could get it. And realistically, like, Tristan Thompson. Is that Deadpool? Yeah. Yeah, he's cute. You know who that is. Amityville Horror. All right. Well, Shar, thank you so much for uh, joining us over the course of uh, many, many days now. Um, we appreciate you uh, really being here and, and filling in for Allie as she's been out. Tomorrow on the show, we've got uh, Trevor Anderson. He's going to be joining me. Uh, and on Friday, we've got John Duran from Sidebar with John Duran. That show airs right before us on Friday. So um, we've got to say goodbye. You guys have a fantastic day. Uh, we'll see you uh, in the next hour, I guess, with uh, Shira and Ryan for Let's Go There. Have a great day. I wonder if you play that song we used to sing I bet she likes it too And the only one thing you know how to cook I'm sure she's sick of it But still says it's good